This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. We all know instinctively that things can't be good and perfect all the time. And when you look at those curated social media posts of people's lives, we all know that it's not really the truth. All of it. I mean, I'm sure parts of it are truth, but the curated way it's presented. Yet why does society have such a prevalent obsession with things always having to be good and looking perfect? And I'm sure you've got some thought about this and have your own answers, but in today's podcast, I'm going to talk about this and give you a few reasons why I think this is happening so that we can be aware and that we don't apply this in our life. I still have to do this. I find myself still also looking at those curated social media posts and thinking, wow, why haven't I done that? But I know how to catch it and deal with it. So that's what I'm going to share with you today. And I'm Dr. Caroline Neef. I'm your host and welcome to Cleaning Up the Mental Mess, where we try and do these kinds of things, clean up those mental messes together. So I've identified what I think are four main reasons why we get so obsessed with this, everything's got to be good all the time. And I'm also guilty. I mean, I know not, I know our gut instinct and we can talk it and we can have the philosophical discussion about how life is not good all the time and it's not perfect, but yet we still get sucked into it. We're still influenced by that. So it's like a paradox happening or this contradiction of what we know is the truth, but how are we living that truth? And there's this big chasm between the two. So why? First reason I believe is has got a lot to do with what I talk about a lot on this on this show and in my work. And that is understanding that whatever you are focusing on is physically becoming part of you. It is wiring into your brain as a network. It is becoming part of every cell of your 37 to 100 trillion cells of your body. And it is part of the gravitational fields of your mind. And that unit is what drives you. So if you are looking at something consistently over time, you've wired in a network and whatever you are looking at and thinking about and focusing on is getting bigger and bigger. And so therefore it's driving you. So on the one hand, we have this time that we've spent looking at other people's lives and looking at, you know, reading these self-help books and, and reading and looking at all the sort of things in the media about, you know, these idealized portraits of life, et cetera. And we've spent the time building that network. On the one hand, we've got this network that thinks this is, you know, this is what we, what we focus on. It's a driving network in us. And then on the other hand, we've got our, our wise mind on and saying that this is not realistic. This is not really true. And they kind of at odds with each other. So basically that's the first, so the first thing is whatever you think about the most is growing. And if we don't therefore stand back and observe the impact 
of what we've been focusing on, then we're going to get sucked into being driven by things that we shouldn't be driven by. So we have to really make the effort to, when we look at that social media, to be aware of, okay, I'm looking at this again. This is not the first time I'm having this reaction. Their life is so great. Why isn't mine that good? I'm feeling so flat or depressed or irritated or angry or frustrated. I can feel my heart palpitating, my perspective shifting, my behavior shifting about why is this not happening? Why can't, what's wrong with me? It's to be aware of those statements, that self-talk, that metacognitive awareness, standing back and observing yourself. I call that the MPA, multiple perspective advantage, stand back and observe yourself. So it's literally train yourself to observe your reactions as you are, whatever it is, doing the social media thing or looking at the media or watching a movie or whatever, listening to someone's curated podcast or something like that that is telling you about how great their life is or whatever it is. It's what is your reaction? How are you handling yourself emotionally and uh, mentally, physically, behaviorally, perspective-wise in that moment? And then saying, okay, well, this is not good. I'm not doing so good here. This is affecting me in a negative way. And then that's an indication for you to get even more deeply metacognitive, to think about your thinking, to actually then say, okay, why? And now it can become something really useful because you can say, okay, well, that really triggers me, that perfect life that I'm supposed to have and that of whatever that social media follow is, the person that you're following. Why is that particular, whatever they're doing, affecting me in this way? What about my life? Do I need to change? Do I need to fix? Do I need to learn from? What can I learn from this spark of jealousy or envy that wants my life to be that good or that, that self-critical self-talk that's saying, I'm not that, I'm not good enough. I'm uh, the imposter syndrome, the, you know, it, it, all those things that can go with it is, is to reflectively look at that and say, okay, why am I feeling this? What's it telling me? This is telling me that something do I want to be like that? Do I want to, I can't be someone else. I, I'll make a lousy someone else. Can it be that uh, this is something that's, I want to make a change in my life? Or is there a version of this that I could find that is unique to me that I could then work on? How can I shift that? And then another thing that you can do while you're doing that, which really helps a lot is, and it tends to only come once you've done this self-evaluative process that I'm talking about, is to then celebrate that person's achievement and yet it may be very curated and obviously not every post is perfect and all that kind of thing all this these ideal lives that are presented this obsession with being good is to then celebrate if that person has got some kind of wonderful thing going on in their life that they've maybe exaggerated but it's going on celebrate it with them it may just be in your head it may be with a, a comment that you put on social media or something or a text you send that you really mean don't do it don't write and text if you don't mean it but really try and Convince yourself to really celebrate and say, you know what? I make a lousy that person. I make a great me. I make a lousy someone else. And as I, that's great what they've done. I'm really happy for them. I'm frustrated for myself, but I'm happy for them. And then why am I frustrated for myself? Why do I want that good thing as well? What is it? Why am I, what can I do to change it? Where is that frustration coming from? What is that source? 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. One of my New Year's resolutions is to relax more. And I'm so happy that I found Apollo, a wearable that transforms how you feel through your sense of touch to give you more energy, a brighter mood, deeper relaxation and better flow. Apollo Wearable was developed by neuroscientists and physicians to bring balance to your nervous system for less stress, better sleep, more energy, relaxation and focus. It sends silent, soothing vibrations called Apollo Vibes that are like music you can feel. Just like music, higher vibrations help to improve your energy and focus, while lower vibrations reduce stress and help you relax. You can wear your Apollo on your ankle, like me, wrist or attached to your clothing, and use the Apollo Neuro app on your phone, Apple Watch or iPad to select or schedule vibes when and where you need more relaxation, energy focus or more. Apollo is different from other fitness and health wearables. It doesn't track your health biometrics. It actively improves your health by strengthening your nervous system. It has been tested by thousands in clinical and real-world trials. And across our research, Apollo wearable users experience up to 40% less stress and feelings of anxiety, on average up to 19% more time in deep sleep, 11% increase in heart rate variability on average, and up to 25% more focus and concentration. If you want to say goodbye to stress in the new year, check out Apollo. To get $50 off your device, just go to apolloneuro.com forward slash Dr. Leaf. That's apolloneuro.com forward slash Dr. Leaf. The link and details will be in the show notes. But by celebrating them, you actually increase your intelligence and your ability to problem solve. And therefore, you're going to, and also, sorry, one more thing, you increase your empathy. So therefore, by celebrating another person, even if you don't feel like it, you're going to suddenly increase your intelligence, your creativity and your empathy and your problem-solving skills. And that means that you're going to be able to take the why you're reacting like that and wanting that good. And you're going to be able to apply it to your own life and make a change in your life and grow, which is really great. Okay, so the first reason then is that whatever we think about the most grows and then those networks drive us and that we therefore need to look at the impact of what's driving us, how we're showing up, and then be very honest and open and, and metacognate, you know, meta, use a lot of metacognition, thinking about our thinking to think, you know, where's this coming from and so on. And then in that process to celebrate others, which increases your ability to get through this process of why do I want my life to be as good as that? And why must it be good all the time? Why can't I, why can't I accept things being bad sometimes? You know, that's another big thing that in, in this first point is that should we not also realize, uh, no, not realize, we do realize this. Should we not maybe focus more on you know, that there's 
the ups and downs of life and talk about the ups and downs of life and make the ups and downs. What I'm trying to say is practice building a network that actually wires in. It's normal to have ups and downs. It's not normal for things to be good all the time. Maybe we need to spend 63 days. In fact, I think I'm going to do that as a 63-day exercise next neurocycle. 63 days, even if it's a minute a day, working on it's so normal to have ups and downs in your relationship with your spouse, with your kids, with your business, with your, with your, with what's going on in the world around you. It's, it's normal. To, that's the normal. Being good all the time is not normal. Okay. That's something we could do. Okay. So that's something we could challenge ourselves to do. If you think about it, just in terms of how we can get sucked into this, social media is the perfect medium to hook our attention. We know that in the way it gets us to think all the time about things and whatever you think about the most grows. Building these networks, as I've said. We know that people share the highlights of our lives, of their lives, creating a skewed perspective. We know that. So we've got to remind ourselves. So in our discussions, we need to, we need to tell ourselves social media is the perfect hook for, do I want this growing in my brain? I know that that's a skewed perspective. So what's realistic? Let me celebrate what's the good part, but let me be realistic. Not all of this is, is, it's a skewed perspective. We know that we tell ourselves the things like being, being a human means embracing the ups and downs. So in other words, be critical, be curious, be questioning. When we critically challenge how we're reacting in the way that I described, and then we can, we can actually deconstruct that network and we can weaken it and then we can rebuild these healthy networks. So if you do a 63 day little challenge that I'm going to give myself on working out, you know, why I'm being so affected and thinking things are going to be good all the time, I'm going to build all of these things. I'm going to practice deconstructing, finding the roots and rebuilding and getting more realistic about it. And I've done this in the past where this has affected me and it works like a bomb, but I'm kind of feeling like I need to, to do it again. We're making some major shifts in, in our business and it's, it's made me feel a little kind of wobbly and, and I'm being affected. I'm, I'm being honest. I'm being affected by things around me and thinking it's got to be good all the time. And so I speak from my heart when I tell you that I'm, this is what I'm practicing myself and I'm really going to do the 63 day challenge. Okay. Reason number two, up to 95%. This is the kind of science reason that's fascinating. Between 90 to 95% of what you're exposed to, you're not even aware that you're exposed to it. So in other words, we are absorbing things that we're not consciously aware of. We're consciously aware of only absorbing or focusing on around five to 10%. And that's what I've just been speaking about. Consciously focusing on at social media, whatever in the first point. But at the same time, the whole zeitgeist of the environment that we live in, you're absorbing and you're wiring that into your network on a non-conscious level, N-O-N, the non-conscious level, which is the most intelligent part of you. Now, we do this for two reasons. We do this for survival because we need to know what's going on around us so that we can have that information in order to make the right decisions and survive. But we also have to be careful that we are critical and curious about what is going into us and once we've seen, we need to be objective about, okay, this is what's happening. This is not good for me. That's good for me. We need to be much more aware of the fact that it's going into us. But if we make it part of who we are, it will drive us. So the, the, the world, the information of this, of, of whatever is going on around us is a complex concept to explain needs to be in us in order for us to develop knowledge in order to be able to be aware and, crit and critical and curious and challenge things that are not good for us. If you don't have that knowledge base to work from, you don't know what's wrong and what's right. So it's part of our whole psychological makeup 
that we absorb the world in order to be able to distinguish between what's wrong and right. So now that means that in addition, in another layer to why we need to be so self-reflective, as I mentioned in the first step, being curious, standing back, observing our signals, etc., is because the, of, of the 10% conscious, it's because of this 95% conscious. So in other words, our non-conscious mind is going to give us information of what we're focusing on too much of, as I said in first, in the first point, but your non-conscious mind is also going to prompt you about the things that you have just absorbed to be alive. Of those, it's going to prompt you to be critical of those and to be curious about those and to say which principles are just knowledge that you need, but you shouldn't absorb and make and allow to become drivers. It's just knowledge that's there versus what should you focus on and make into things that drive you. And if you don't do that, you're going to automatically be sucked in to listening and watching and absorbing and focusing on stuff that you, that's just going to, you're going to feel like it's part of you because you weren't critical enough to decide, no, no, this is just knowledge that I need about life. But that part, that's good. And that I need to focus on and really absorb and really concentrate on. So we need to, on the, on the, on two levels, on a conscious level, we need to be aware of the impact of what we're doing, seeking after this good and all that kind of stuff. But on a non-conscious level, we also need to be very aware of what, el- what else is prompting us that is not, it's just knowledge that we need to have, but is, is, um, is it becoming something that's driving us or is it something that's just useful? Even if you don't agree with that knowledge, but it's useful to know about that so that you don't get sucked into that. And the only way you can do that is also through being very, very aware of how, how you are feeling your four signals. If you're feeling a sense of hovering anxiety or like something just uncomfortable, something's not right. If you see that your, you know, your perspective is just shifting, that you're just looking at things differently. If you feeling like your behaviors are changing, if you feel like your body's just kind of feeling a bit off, take the time to explore those and think, have I been focusing on something? Have, is there some piece of knowledge? Is there some level of something that I've actually allowed to become part of me that's driving me? And so it's shifted from just knowledge to a driver. And in doing that work, you can use the neurocycle to do this. You can explore that. You can actually find, actually, you know what? I've been reading so much of that in the news. I've been focusing so much on that. I've been talking so much about that. I mean, that it's become something that I've spent so much time on. And as I said in the first point, whatever you think about the most is growing. Okay, so the more we move into that metacognitive state of thinking about our thinking, the healthier brain and body are going to become. And we're going to grow strong networks to manage this. In fact, just to show you the impact of information on us on that non-conscious level, the research has been shown that just research from LSU has shown that people who believe in themselves use more metacognitive functions that, that those that don't. And they, they show that within five minutes, where is the stat? Within five minutes of being exposed to something that you, on an unconscious level, it's already starting to, to change you. So your non-conscious mind is immediately taking it in, but it's also, it's also analyzing it. So if it's not good for you, you're immediately going to be activated within five minutes to judge this information. So if you're feeling something prompting you to, hey, something's not right yet, don't ever ignore that. That's your non-conscious mind telling you that there's something that you've either consciously or on this non-conscious level um, built into you that's then influencing how you function. We all want to age well and making sure we get enough amino acids is important for our brain and body health. As an older woman, I'm particularly aware of the need for certain amino acids to maintain my well-being and longevity. Low dose, three grams of leucine-rich 
Essential amino acids like Kion aminos stimulate muscle synthesis equivalent to 20 grams of whey protein in older women at rest and after exercise. This means for older women, Kion aminos can be six times more effective than an equal amount of whole food protein at stimulating muscle synthesis. If you're a woman in her 60s like me, if you're worried about age-related muscle loss, if you're trying to keep the weight off, you need to focus on building and maintaining muscle. And as little as three grams of EAAs per day is going to be the easiest way to support that. This is why I take Keon's aminos every morning with my coffee. Not only do they taste amazing, they are non-GMO, vegan and sugar-free. But since I've started taking them, I feel so much more energized throughout the day and experience less muscle pain after workouts. If you also want to say goodbye to 3pm slumps and finish off your day with natural lasting energy, check out Kion Aminos. To save 20% of Kion Aminos, just go to getkion.com forward slash Dr. Leaf to get my fundamental supplement for fitness, Kion Aminos. That's getkion.com forward slash Dr. Leaf. The link and details will be in the show notes. So these two points that I have made about the conscious and the non-conscious mind and wiring it in and driving us and so on, if um, I believe are the reasons, what, if we if you think of it, if, if social media is feeding us that life's got to always be good and perfect and and are the, the zeitgeist in, of our environment is everything's got to be good all the time. If you're not critically judging those, those are the things that are driving you, and that's that then can that then creates these unrealistic expectations about who you are and about life and about what you're going to do about life and how you're going to run your life and how you're going to respond to life and how you're going to respond to things in life. So therefore, it's really important that we tune into those signals to see, okay, is this something I consciously and deliberately focused on? And I'm unrealistically expecting this pattern in my life, this good pattern. And as in the first point, and in the second point, is this something that I've absorbed from the environment? Is this a, a piece of knowledge that I've absorbed for my protection, but is actually something I haven't been critical enough of? So it's become a driver and it's now influencing me in the wrong way. So I have this expectation that for example, that everything's got to be good. It's driving me. I look at someone's social media consciously. So I've got this 95, 95% level incorrect bad driver that's saying life must be good. I look at that person's social media consciously. I put the two together. I've got a hundred percent problem. But if I can train myself to be more aware of how I'm responding and the neurocycle will help you do this and become critically and an, an, analytical of this, of this, you can change those networks. You can change the information that you want to drive you. Well, thank you so much for listening to me today. I hope this has helped you to become very aware of what you're putting in your head and what's going in on an unconscious level as well that you possibly didn't even realize. You know, you're, sometimes you can have a piece of information that you read and you sometimes not even, or you just hear something, but you're not really, you're not paying attention, but your heart starts beating and your heart, you can feel your heart palpitating. That's information, something from the environment that you've absorbed without consciously being aware. And that's your non-conscious mind working with your body, your mind and your brain to send you signals through your body, your emotions, your perspectives and your behaviors to, to be critical and to be aware. Pay attention to that. Don't just gloss over it and see is there something that's knowledge that's turning into a driver that's not good for you. So it takes practice, this kind of thinking, but that's why I do this podcast. That's why I have the app. And that's why I encourage you to listen each week. And if this has helped you, I'd love you to like it, subscribe, share with friends and family. This is information we all need to be able to help us. And I look forward to seeing you next week with some more information to help you manage your mind. Thanks for joining me. I hope you found today's podcast interesting and helpful. 
If you want more tips and help with managing anxiety, depression, and mental health, be sure to visit my website at drleaf.com and to sign up for my weekly newsletter where I also include a schedule of my speaking events and so much more. And follow me on social media. I'm on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Just look for Dr. Caroline Leaf. Also, I love seeing all your posts on social media about this podcast. I love seeing what resonates with you and what you've learned. So be sure to continue posting and tagging me and letting me know what you think and how these tips worked out for you. And don't forget, leave a review and keep spreading the word about this podcast. Thank you for joining me today. I really hope you learned something new and helpful. Till then, I'm Dr. Caroline E. This podcast represents the opinions of myself and my guests. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. While we make every effort to ensure that the information we are sharing is accurate, we welcome any comments, suggestions or corrections of errors.